It would seem that we are not the only ones pursuing our goal of increasing the world's agricultural literacy rates. This is Talk Ag to Me. Hello and welcome to Talk Ag to Me, the podcast dedicated to improving ag literacy around the globe. I'm your host, Brennan Black, and if you'll notice, I'm in a bit of a different setup here. My microphone is not on the side, um, and if you'll look behind me here, uh, you can see that I'm definitely not in my room. Uh, that's because I'm currently helping out with a ag- agricultural education-based camp here at Fresno State, uh, and we are actually um, going into our second to last day here as I'm recording this. So, it's a, a bit of a, a makeshift episode, but it's going to work and it'll be great. And I'm hoping to potentially do an episode on this camp and tell you guys a little bit about my experiences, but we'll see uh, how that looks going forward. Um, another thing that's happening, actually, uh, the day after tomorrow, so um, I'm not going to really give a lot of information, but, but very soon I will be flying out to the state of Washington to uh, participate on a panel for the American Farm Bureau Promotion and Education Summer Conference. Uh, they invited me to be a panelist over for their conference to talk to their uh, board or their committee about agricultural literacy projects, about my experience in agricultural literacy, about my research, uh, pretty much just to share a little bit of everything about what I know about ag literacy and, ho- and hopefully help them uh, help inspire them to become more motivated and, and more engaging in their own agricultural literacy efforts going forward, potentially even providing them some advice and some consulting along the way. Uh, But before we get into all that, and I will definitely cover all of that in content going forward, um, we've got today's episode, which is a doozy. It's a great one, and it's very timely for the conference I'm about to go to. This episode is an interview with Daniel Malloy, uh, otherwise known as the Executive Director of the American Farm Bureau Foundation, which is the uh, Foundation for Agriculture, which is the organization that's mostly dedicated to agricultural literacy for the American Farm Bureau. Uh, They have an an assortment of different programs and projects that they're working on, many of which have to do with uh, high school and elementary school education regarding agriculture. They have a publishing company for children's books regarding agricultural uh, practices and operations, and they have a variety of other apps, games, and programs. They partner with Ag in the Classroom. They do a lot of different things to help improve ag literacy across the country. And that's as I'm sure you have already caught on, a very similar goal with what we're trying to do here on Talk Academy. So that's why it's so exciting to, ta- to have this episode go on. Um, I'm really excited to hear what you guys think of Daniel. He's a fantastic guest. He was a lot of fun to get to talk to about all of this. And I look forward to potentially working with the Farm Bureau more going forward in terms of agricultural literacy projects. Uh, I think we're starting to see a big expansion in terms of agricultural literacy projects and research. And I'm just thrilled to be able to be uh, maybe not at the forefront, but definitely in the mix of the big competing, um, competing is the wrong word, big cooperating organizations and groups that are working towards this goal of improving agricultural literacy in the country. Um, So that being said, I, I, Really look forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on today's episode. I will fill you in about how the conference goes and about the future of ag literacy as we go forward. I'm hoping to do an episode soon talking a little bit about my research and my master's project going forward with this whole agricultural literacy uh, project that we've been talking about for a little bit now. Um, But that's all going to have to come a little bit later. For now, tune in to, to today's episode. Enjoy it. Let me know what you think. It's a bit of a shorter one, but it's a really good one. So make sure you give it a full listen and let me know what your thoughts are on social media and all the different platforms. Uh, make sure you follow, subscribe, like, share, do all the things. Um, go check us out on Patreon if you're interested in donating. By mo- it's by no means mandatory, but it is very much appreciated. And any donations will go back into this project that we are so passionate about. But um, 
That being said, as we always mention, make sure you share everything you learn in this episode with your friends and family outside of just posting on social media. Have discussions around the dinner table. Those are always where the most fun stuff happens. But uh, I think that's all I have for you today. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Let me know how it goes and let's get straight into it. Hello and welcome to Talk Ag to Me, the podcast dedicated to improving ag literacy around the globe. I'm your host, Brandon Black, and in today's episode, we're interviewing a member of the American Farm Bureau uh, who's a little bit more dedicated to our project here on Talk Ag to Me, the ag literacy side of things. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to allow him to introduce himself, but um, I'm really excited for this conversation today. So uh, would you mind uh, letting the crowd know who you are? Absolutely. Thanks, Brendan, for having me. I'm Daniel Malloy. I'm the Executive Director of the American Farm Bureau Foundation for Agriculture. Awesome. Well, yeah, thanks again for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, and I was really excited to hear about some of the things you got, you're, you're getting involved in, uh, just because I've been doing this ag literacy based podcast for about four years now. And I always, I always enjoy hearing about other projects that, that surround this thing that I'm, I'm so passionate about. So thanks, thanks again for being here. One of Nope. <laughs> uh, My apologies for the train that you might hear in the background. <laughs> no worries. Um, one of the things that, that I always find interesting about the American Farm Bureau is just how expansive it is. So before we get too far into it, for anyone who doesn't know, could you kind of break down um, what your department of the American Farm Bureau is involved in and just in general, kind of what the Farm Bureau covers? Absolutely. Uh, well, Farm Bureau itself is the national voice of agriculture uh, in the United States. And uh, with the American Farm Bureau Foundation for Agriculture, we really focus on ag literacy. Um, we are a 501c3 uh, separate entity um, and with a separate mission of building awareness, understanding, and a positive public perception of agriculture through education. So really our focus is educating kids where, on where their food comes from. Um, and we focus on you know, kids as young as pre-K all the way through 12th grade. Wow, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, very, very closely reflects to, uh, to our mission here as well. Uh, this podcast is a bit more dedicated to working on uh, having conversations with the general public about what's going on in agriculture, but we do uh, a lot of work with education on the uh, school level as well. I'm actually personally studying right now to be a high school ag teacher, so I'm doing a lot of work in, in that department as well. Um, we talked about it briefly in another interview, which anyone listening to this, uh, if, if you want to hear it, you can go to Agnet. Uh, west.com and listen to that interview but basically you were able to break down for me some of the programs the resources and and things that you guys are developing for teachers and for parents to be able to use for their students uh, could you just kind of give us a, a description of what some of those things are absolutely um, when we look at, at what the foundation does um, the the product that we put out it really falls into one of three categories, uh, whether it's resource development for educators to use in their classrooms or parents might use with their kids at home, um, teacher professional development, actually you know, helping them to become better teachers and teach uh, whatever subject they are teaching through the lens of agriculture, and then also book publishing as well. And so with the uh, creation of educational resources, uh, for many years, we've created physical resources, you know, the things that you can hold in your hand, and whether that's something like our really popular ag mags, which are kind of at the fourth grade level, it's a, a newspaper-ish kind of uh, publication that covers a different topic of agriculture and includes interviews, uh, so kids can be exposed to different careers, it, it includes different activities, um, and different things to read. Um, and so we've got over two dozen uh, different topics of ag mags. 
Um, it might be a, a game that a kid would want to play. We know that, that when kids uh, you know, think they're just having fun by playing a game, but they're actually learning, that, that certainly goes to, to you know, the benefit of, of their learning. So we have created a number of card games, um, things like Go Fish. Uh, there's a, the popular um, Spot It game that, that we have created a, an agriculture uh, themed game similar to that. But we also have online games as well. Our platform, myamericanfarm.org, has 27 different games. Uh, and that platform's been around for over 10 years. Um, really wonderful thing that, that happened you know, fairly recently is that we achieved our 1 millionth gameplay on that platform. Uh, and it, it's a, a great platform for uh, kids uh, pre-K through fifth grade has, uh, you know, the games can be searched uh, by a grade level, but also by class subject. So if you want a, a geography lesson or a, a math lesson, um, you know, the parents or a teacher can search by that. Um, so they can get what, what they want to the, the kids to learn, but also something that would interest the kids and, and be fun for them. We have other programs uh, for, for older uh, kids as well. Uh, our Purple Plow Challenge is a really wonderful way to get kids thinking about things like hunger and food scarcity or soil conservation, you know, and, and things that the kids at that age really are thinking about anyway. Um, and so through the Purple Plow Challenge, uh, we put an, an issue and a challenge for them to think locally of how, how they would solve a problem in their local community. Um, and through this classroom-based or after-school program-based uh, program, these kids are, are able to put together a solution. They actually build a prototype and they test it out and they might rebuild it based on that testing. Um, and, and so they're learning some really good uh, STEM applications through this as well, whether that be using technology or engineering um, to develop these solutions. Um, and then they, they do submit that to us and, and they can win terrific prizes. Uh, we also for many years have been recommending accurate ag books. And when we say accurate, we mean depiction of modern farming, um, the avoidance of stereotypes, um, and, and that's things like, you know, the, the old farmer in overalls with a straw hat and a pitchfork, um, and also um, avoiding animals that talk or drive tractors, you know, that sort of thing, things that you definitely won't see on a farm. Um, and, and with that recommendation of Accurate Ag Books, one very popular program that we've had for the past 15 years is our book of the year award where we seek out um, not only books that are accurate um, about agriculture they have an educational component and they're engaging as well and uh, so each year we do choose one and name it as our book of the year and really promote that but we found over the years that finding accurate ag books has been, become more and more difficult. Um, and so to solve that problem, several years ago, we decided that we would start our own book publishing venture. And so we've called that Feeding Minds Press. And we just uh, released our fifth book uh, through Feeding Minds Press. 
with about six or seven more in the pipeline now to be published uh, in future years. Um, and so our goal is to, to publish two to three books each year going forward. Um, and so that's become very popular. Wow. Yeah. And that one, I actually uh, had just learned about uh, the Feeding Minds uh, Press because I recently discovered your, your guys' Farmside Chat podcast um, and, and you had featured a book in, in one of the most recent episodes. And yeah, hearing about that was incredible. I actually, um, my sister and I have, had written a couple, you know, like younger age agricultural based books and we didn't really have an uh, outlet for them. And so I found, I found that and I was like, Hey, you know, you got to check this out. And so I've, I've been kind of sharing it around. I just think that's super cool, you know, to have that much emphasis towards that type of project for people that are creative or that want to share some of that information and, and have a place to do it. Absolutely. And we do accept uh, manuscripts from people who, who want to write uh, children's books about agriculture. Um, and when we do select a manuscript, then we find a, a good illustrator to go along with it. Uh, we have also um, kind of unwittingly, we've educated uh, some illustrators about agriculture, um, because while an, an illustrator might you know be terrific at their craft, often they aren't really you know, that sure uh, about agriculture. And so we wanna make sure that our illustrators um, are illustrating correctly, um, you know, being accurate in their illustrations. And so we often do connect them directly with farmers, um, you know, other members uh, of Farm Bureau um, so that they can go visit the farms. And so their illustrations are not only engaging, but accurate as well. Yeah, that's great. And you know, like, like you said, that is very important to make sure that whatever people are reading, that they're getting the right idea about what's actually going on, you know, on, on your modern farm, right? Um, so one of my questions about something you mentioned earlier, you know, these packets, these, you know, these resources that you're sending out to these schools, um, are these mostly going to kind of ag-based communities? Are they going to more urban communities or kind of where, where is this hitting the strongest? They're going all over, which okay. which we we absolutely love that. You know, we we do love uh, when we hear that uh, teachers in urban settings are using our resources because we know that uh, the kids that they are teaching are the most removed from agriculture. Mm -hmm. But we are also hearing from rural educators that even though their you know their students might be uh, passing farms uh, on their way to school that their knowledge of what's actually happening on that farm can be very limited. Um, so we're finding that our resources are, our resources are being used really everywhere um, in all types of schools. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely attest to that. I, I grew up in a, a small town in the middle of California, you know, uh, Tulare, um, and so there are a lot of people that I grew up with that, you know, saw dairies every day of their lives and they could not tell you how, it, how a cow produces milk. They couldn't tell you what that cow eats or how many, you know, how many chambers are in its stomach or, you know, they, they know nothing about what goes on right, you know, right outside their backyard. Um, so it's definitely important to have some of that exposure, you know, in, in a context that they aren't not, aren't typically going to get it. So that, that's, that's great. Right. And it, and it really doesn't matter what subject uh, the teachers are teaching um, agriculture can be uh, applied in so many different classrooms. Um, and, and that's one of the reasons that we are starting to lean in a little bit more into the science classrooms. Um, all throughout the country, ag programs, um, ag classes um, are diminishing in, in schools, um, but every school has a science program. And so we have been focusing 
a lot of our efforts lately on developing resources and curricula for uh, science educators um, and also providing professional development for science educators as well so that they can teach science through the lens of ag- agriculture. Yeah, that, that's great. And I think that there's a there's a, a prime opportunity there because of the, a lot of the crossover that happens in terms of career. You know, uh, you were talking earlier about how we have you know, illustrators and artists and graphic designers that are in agriculture that don't quite have that grasp of the industry just yet um, and need to be exposed to it and learn more about it. Uh, I think the same could be true. Uh, the same could be said for a lot of the uh, science community as well. You know, there's computer scientists that are working on some of the more advanced tractors. There's, you know, uh, you know, biological scientists that are working in soil development or they're working in, you know, testing in, in a specific crop field. And they may not have ever come from an agricultural background, you know, so and showing people that don't come from those backgrounds that that's a career option for them, or that their their skills in the classroom could be applied to something practical like food production that, in my opinion, is one of the better ways to encourage them to to really see that that connection to the real world. It is. It really is so important. Um, you know, the kids be exposed to different careers um, in agriculture. That right now, so many kids think it, if I'm going to be in agriculture, I'm going to be working on a farm, and and that is you know just so not true. And so, getting science teachers to understand um, you know the science and technology that is used in agriculture is so important. Uh, we have over the past. Uh, five years developed a just an incredible professional development experience for science educators. We call it on the farm STEM, and through that program, we bring uh, science educators from all around the country for a three-day in-person immersive experience where they go onto farms and ranches. They go to processing facilities. They go to universities where they can get the full experience of STEM and especially science as it relates to agriculture. At the same time, they are learning about the next generation science standards, which came out about 10 years ago, but are a, a little clunky. They're, they're difficult to understand um, and uh, somewhat difficult to teach. And so even 10 years later, uh, teachers have a lot of questions and there's a lot of confusion about them. So we work with education specialists who really know the next generation science standards, you know, like the back of their hand. And so when we can put that kind of professional development uh, together with learning about agriculture and then put that together with the resources that we've developed, then those science teachers could go back to their classrooms and and be equipped with the knowledge uh, to comfortably teach science uh, through the lens of agriculture as well. And and so that on the farm STEM program has really taken off, become really popular uh, with teachers all across the country. And we've had uh, over 250 teachers go through that program. Wow, that's incredible. And those teachers are of varying age ranges or, or like, a, yeah, like grade levels? Um, they, they generally uh, focus on the middle and high school levels. Okay. Um, that, that's really what we focused our, our science efforts on at this gotcha. point. Okay. Uh, so I was curious a little bit about uh, how you guys are, are tracking a lot of this. So do you have uh, research going into kind of what the literacy rates are of students before and after some of these programs? You know, that that is a really tough thing to measure. 
um, we have found that that getting a, a baseline of uh, kids' knowledge about agriculture is is very difficult. We have built in um, some measurement into some of our resources so that we can measure, you know, the the before and after knowledge. Um, of students after they engage with that particular resource. Uh, we also, uh, with our On the Farm STEM program, um, have built in surveys you know, for the teachers, but also for the kids as well. Um, once the teachers you know, implement our resources into their classrooms. Um, and we have found that um, the, not only the knowledge gain is pretty significant uh, with the teachers, but also with the students, but also the, the critical thinking that, that students need when they hear messages about agriculture or about food production, um, that they're able to, to really think about that message, um, especially when it's you know, something that, that might not be true or is something very biased, um, that we are, are finding that after kids engage, with our program or our resources, they're able to, to critically think a little bit more about those messages. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. And then I had a, um, so I, on my show, I bring on a lot of people that are not from agricultural backgrounds and have them kind of ask questions and engage with the information a little bit, kind of see where their uh, curiosity is at and where their knowledge is at generally. Um, and one of the most common questions that I get is, you know, after we talk for a little while, people start to realize uh, either how little they knew about agriculture or how little other people knew about agriculture. Um, and typically they go, okay, well, what can we do to help? You know, people who aren't from ag backgrounds, what can they do to help out their local communities learn more about that? Um, what would be your advice? Is it as simple as just, hey, use our resources and help teach those, those around you? Or do you have some other advice for them? Well, you know, for the folks who really don't have an ag background, um, engaging with our resources, even though our resources are are written for kids, um, you know, we, we do have our, our high school resources as well. Um, to engage with those and to educate themselves is step number one. Um, and then once they're they're familiar, um, I would say to to seek out those uh, in their own community um, or, or people nearby who are actually in agriculture. Um, it, you know, in talking to farmers and ranchers themselves, um, they, they really love to talk with folks, you know, of any age, um, especially those who, who don't really understand agriculture, but they want to understand. Um, so seeking out, uh, uh, actual farmers and ranchers and people involved in food production and agriculture, um, just it, it's a, a terrific step. Um, and then to share that with other people, um, it, it's just the, the more people can learn and then share what they learn, um, it, it, we're really focused on, you know, bringing up that next generation of informed consumers um, so that, that, you know, if we're doing our jobs, you know, right in another 10, 15, 20 years, there, there won't be a lot of people who don't understand agriculture. Uh, we're hoping to, to raise that next generation of consumers that, that really do understand where their food comes from. Yeah. And that transitions into another question that I had, which was um, based off of what you guys have seen so far, the results of, of what, you've, what you've already done, what do, you, what do you see the future of ag literacy looking like? Well, one thing uh, that, that was really interesting um, 
as the the COVID pandemic hit was that suddenly people were more interested in where their food was coming from. Uh, when they saw empty shelves at the grocery store, um, and and now when they're seeing you know higher prices at the grocery store, they're they're really uh, curious about you know where their food is coming from. And so I think um, you know the 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 future of ag literacy uh, is is kind of bright because um, suddenly you know parents, kids, they are curious. And, and when they're curious, uh, knowing that we have the resources to, uh, you know, to feed that curiosity, um, no pun intended there, uh, but, but to, to be able to spark and then feed that curiosity um, and to answer those questions that they have is so important to us. And so I think um, ag literacy will take on a, a greater importance um, in all of our lives, no matter where we are. Yeah, I, I would agree with you there. <laughs> um, and then uh, I, I have a couple more for you. Kind of, I guess, harder questions, I, I guess I would say. Um, so this is one that I've struggled with a lot. So I'm curious about your thoughts on it. What would someone need to know to be considered agriculturally literate? You know, where, where's the where's the line for that? Well, I think it really depends on um, their age. You know, when, when we focus on, on kids, um, we look at what we call the pillars of ag literacy. And so we've developed um, sort of a, a, a knowledge baseline um, that, that we believe, you know, kids in like pre-K through say third grade, um, a baseline of knowledge that, that they should have, that it's really more about awareness um, rather than, than a full understanding um, at that age on, on different topics um, that might be the, the relationship of um, agriculture and animals or agriculture and technology or agriculture and the environment, different things like that. Um, but then as you get older, uh, say that like fourth through eighth grade, it's a, a little bit more discovery. Um, so understanding those different topics a little bit more. And then as you get into the older grades, um, you would look for being able to cite specific examples uh, of different things uh, in agriculture and understanding how um, that relationship, uh, you know, again, between, let's say, agriculture and technology, um, you know, how technology is really making um, agriculture more efficient, um, making food production more efficient, uh, you know, producing more um, with fewer inputs. Uh, so really, you know, the, the definition of ag literacy is, is a tough one, and it really does depend on the age of the person um, that, that you're talking to. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I think I think that's how we would regard literacy for, you know, for most other things as well, right? So that, that would mm -hmm. make sense that that would be the standard for agriculture. Right. And then I think my final question for you is, for other people involved in ag literacy. Um, so give, give you a little bit of background. When I started my podcast four years ago, I saw next to no other podcast doing ag education or ag literacy-based content. Now there's a bunch of us. We, I've seen them popping up left and right, especially when COVID hit, there was a lot of podcasts starting to show up and a lot of, like you mentioned, people that were curious about agriculture. Um, so for those of us that are involved in ag literacy and trying to get more uh, awareness out to different types of groups, what would your advice be? I think we really just need to, to be doing exactly what we're doing right now. Um, we are supporting each other 
we're sharing each other's resources. Um, it, the more that we can uh, collaborate rather than compete, um, I, I think will really move the needle on ag literacy. Um, it, I think it's great that that so many podcasts have you know sprung up um, in the past couple of years. I think it's great that there are so many different organizations focused on ag literacy, um, really wanting to make that difference. Uh, so I think the more of us there are, and the more that we can all work together, um, the better it's going to be for all of us. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, that's actually kind of my my mission right now is to connect with as many different people, kind of going after this same you know the same goal and try to work together. You know, um, I'm I've actually just established a partnership with the Center for Land Based Learning and with Sierra Harvest um, and a couple other ag literacy based podcasts as well. I'm trying to get a kind of a project of of you know different groups together to to you know work together on some on some various ideas for future things we can do for ag literacy. So I think you're right. Oh, that's terrific. Great to hear. <laughs> yeah. So, and by the way, if you know, if you, if you know of anyone else in, you know, in, in this kind of field that, that you think would be interested in working together on some of this kind of stuff, shoot them my way. I'll, I'd be happy to connect with them. Oh, I absolutely will. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, those are all the questions I had. Um, if you have any other closing statements you'd like to add on, feel free, or if you have any uh, resources you'd like to plug for me to, to share around, by all means, go for it. Yeah, that would be great. Um, you know, and and I'm sure we can throw some some links in the show notes, um, yeah. and and so we'll definitely provide that because um, I think, you know, some of the the websites that that we have at the foundation are are just absolutely terrific. You know, the the myamericanfarm.org, you know, game platform, the purpleplow.org, you know, STEM challenge, um, things like the on the farm STEM uh, program. We we can link to all of that. Because um, you know, learning about agriculture really never stops. Um, you know, I'd, I spent my early childhood on a farm, um, but then after that, was quite removed from ag uh, agriculture. But I feel that just that experience alone, you know, in my early childhood, kind of gave me a little bit of a head start. So we want to make sure that everybody um, gets a head start. Everybody's on a level playing field. Um, and, and so even now, you know, as a, an adult, I learn something new about agriculture every day. And so I think we all just need to commit to, to being lifelong learners about agriculture. Yeah, I like that. Well, I, like you mentioned, I'll put all the links down in the description for everyone to go find. Um, and I'll share it around on, on all of my platforms as well. So people can go find all of those things. Uh, for those of you listening that are uh, not in the agricultural, you know, uh, community, by all means, reach out and, and find, you know, some of these resources and share them around with your friends and have other people try them out. Uh, or every, even for those who are in the agricultural community, because, you know, like, like we mentioned, it definitely helps just to have some more exposures to those types of things. Um, but I'd like to thank, you know, thank our guest Daniel here for joining me. Uh, this was a great interview. I hope that, you know, hope that you enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, and uh, yeah, I think this was, this was a, a very insightful interview for the future of ag literacy. I, I have a pretty optimistic view of it. So I think it's going to be a very fun uh, next few years as we work on these types of projects. Um, but that's all I have. Uh, so thanks again, you know, uh, for joining me. Hey, thank you, Brandon. Yeah, I enjoyed it. All right. I'm glad. Well, thank you again. Thanks to all the listeners for tuning in. And don't forget, if you ate today, thank a farmer. So there you have it. That was this week's episode. Thank you once again to Daniel for being such a fantastic guest as we discuss potentially the future of agricultural literacy and the variety of projects and ideas that they are working on that very closely align with what we're trying to do here. 
I really look forward to sharing with you guys all the experiences that I have in Washington. Uh, at the time of recording this, I haven't left yet, but it will be a couple days from now that I'll be heading out there. And it's going to be a pretty short trip, but I'll be sure to post as much as I can about what I learn, the networks I build, and all the connections that I'm able to make. Uh, but that being said, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I hope you learned a thing or two. Uh, check the description for all of Daniel's links and all of the uh, links to our social media pages so you can go and like and subscribe and follow and share and do all those great things. Uh, if you are interested in donating to the Patreon, it will also be down in the description. It's by no means mandatory, but once again, it is very much appreciated. Uh, and that is all I have for you guys. So I will be sure to update you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And don't forget, if you ate today, thank a farmer. <laughs>